I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. When the team doesn't perform, the coach is the first one whose head goes on the chopping block. Stayallday.com. Stay exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreAllDay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. Two questions I get asked the most. Number one, Dre, is there a way that I can talk to you on a regular basis for accountability to make sure I'm staying consistent and to get help with any challenges I may have ongoing? And number two, Dre, are you going to write any more books? Answer to both of those questions are yes and hell yes. Let me tell you how you can do both in one shot. I want you to go to workonyourgameuniversity.com where you have the option of getting my Bulletproof Bulletin, which is my monthly magazine that I'm sending out every single month to everyone who is a member of my university, where every month I'm writing new material that is fresh game for you to work on your personal growth and your business growth. I'm going to send that physically in your mailbox every single month. Again, that's called the Bulletproof Bulletin. That is for everybody who is a member of my university at workonyourgameuniversity.com. Now you have another option while you're right there on that page. You can also join my mastermind. This is where you can talk to me on a regular basis. I mean, every single week, you're going to get a live training from me. I answer all questions. We handle all challenges and hold each other accountable. That is inside of my Bulletproof Mastermind. It's the second level of my university where, as I just said, every week I have a live training where I'm going to teach on a subject that melds personal development and business development where we get straight to the point. No bullshit, no fluff, no filler material. I take the complex challenges that you're dealing with right now and I simplify them in a bite-sized way, just like I do here on the show every single day. Now, you can get all the information and all the details about both of these programs and all the bonuses that I didn't even mention because, by the way, I took all the courses that I've ever created. I have a course on how to use your social media story for maximum impact. I have a course called Bulletproof Mindset 2.0. That is my deepest material on mental toughness, discipline, leadership, and communication skills. I have a course called People Skills on building rapport and leading other people, as well as leading yourself and how you can get your point across to others. I have a course called Content Machine about creating content that will help you lay the foundation for building your brand the same way that I've done and that I continually do. I have a course called Toughen Up, one called Unapologetic one called Sell Yourself. I have another course called 25 Hours about time management and time control. I have a 30 Days of Discipline course, an ASAP Confidence course, and a bunch of other courses. I'm not even going to list them all because this audio clip would be too long if I list everything. All of those bonuses I'm throwing in for free as you become a member of my university and of my mastermind. All the information, all your options, and you can get started right now by going to workonyourgameuniversity.com. Again, that is workonyourgameuniversity.com if 
you a want to know if i'm going to write anymore yes i am i'm going to write as a matter of fact every month i'm going to send you a new copy of my magazine with fresh new material for you to keep your game focused sharp and on point and b you want to work with me directly you want to be able to talk to me every week get your questions answered get your challenges handled and network and build relationships and connect with a community of like-minded professionals who are serious about their game like you are all of that happens in my bulletproof mastermind all information and you're going to get started by going to work on your game university.com right now you are now tuned in to the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve is yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you got to use those personal initiative. That is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. And then here's what we're going to do. We're going to put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic, folks, today we're going to talk about the alleged, and maybe it's real, maybe it's not, but we're going to talk about it, the racism that is going on in sports management hiring. So when I say racism here, I'm using air quotes, the racism in sports management hiring. Now, by the time you hear this, who knows, this story has already, actually, by the time I'm recording, this story has already gotten blown off the front page of the news sites, sports sites, or what used to be news. But actually, before I get into that, let me tell everybody, I send out daily motivation text every day, free of charge, everyone who's in my texting community. If you would like to receive that text, all you got to do is text me at the following number, 305-384-6894. You will get the daily motivation every day straight to your phone free of charge. And you can actually respond to any one of those texts. You'll be talking directly to your host who you're listening to right now and the author of those texts. That is not outsourced. That is not a bot. That is me that is responding to those texts. So text me again, 305-384-6894. Now this topic has already, by the time I'm recording it, gotten blown off the front page of the sports news sites because we know news cycles go pretty quickly these days. But this is a topic that is an ongoing thing. That even though by the time you hear it, who knows what may have happened, it'll probably still be on some people's minds, but it's not going to be the number one thing going on in sports news. But this is a thing. So what happened for those of you who are unfamiliar, you can look this up or you can just take what I'm going to give you a brief synopsis of why this is a subject is the Miami Dolphins NFL football team recently hired a new coach. But before they hired a new coach, they had to fire their old coach. Their old coach was a guy named Brian Flores, a black guy who had coached the team for three years to a mediocre at best record. Yes, the team did have a winning record. Two of his three seasons, they did have a winning record, but they never made the playoffs. And he had a overall, basically a 500 record, just a little bit under 500, meaning he won less than 50% of his games his three years. He got fired. And he then, a week or so later, sued the NFL. A class action lawsuit was filed. He's suing the NFL over racial discrimination and his claim that black coaches and black general managers, who are usually the people who hire and fire coaches, the general manager, of course, taking their cues from the owners of the teams. His claim is that black coaches and general managers are not receiving a quote unquote fair shake in hiring practices. They are not being treated fairly. It should be noted here that the general manager of the Miami Dolphins who did fire Brian Flores is indeed a black guy. But we'll get into that. Now, America. Being the most litigious society in the world, Mr. Flores, Coach Flores, I think he'll probably be a coach again soon. We'll get into that as well. He has a right to file a lawsuit. Anyone can sue anybody for any reason in the United States of America. It is the most litigious society in America. If you want to have 
ongoing work and probably never not have worked, then you should probably become a lawyer. But from what I hear, a right, caveat to that, from what I hear is not the most enjoyable profession, but that's a different conversation <laughs> for a different day. And the woke analysts and race hustlers who I discussed and uncovered and exposed in episode 1824 of this show, where I explained to you what the race hustler was. If you don't know what a race hustler is, go listen to episode 1824 so you understand it. The race hustler is going to do what race hustlers do, was they take any subject that involves race, especially one that connects to wokeism, which is pointing out any disparity between one group and another group, usually involving, usually along the lines of race, and pointing out the disparity and noting that there must be something being done wrong by the group that is ahead of the other group. And this is their whole thing. And so they jumped on this one really quick and they jumped into the sports world and jumped on this whole Brian Flores situation. Again, it was on the front page of the news sites for about two or three days and then something else took a spot. Now, again, this will probably flare up again if the suit you no know, ever actually goes to court, gets settled out of court, whatever the NFL decides to do, and they're going to bend the knee, no pun intended, in this situation at some point. We're going to get into all of that. And this will probably be a two-parter, this series here today and tomorrow. So let's talk about the matter at hand and what it actually says for Black people, period, and what it says for sports. What it says for black people in sports, me being black, I guess that qualifies me to talk about it. ESPN did it when then they had there were some things that happened with all white people had nothing to do with black people. They had a whole bunch of black people on a panel and they said, well, we're all black. So we should talk about this, what it means for black people, even though the situation they were talking about had nothing to do with black people or sports whatsoever. And anyway, I'm saying my thing is tongue in cheek, but I'm going to address this in a not in a tongue in cheek way, in a serious way. The lawsuit as it is, I went and read the entire lawsuit filings, a 58 page document. You can find it online. The guy's name again is Brian Flores, F-L-O-R-E-S. You can find his document and read it for yourself. It's written in pretty plain English, which is good, not in legalese. So it's easy for anyone to understand it if you want to take the time to read it. But I have already done that. You can take my word for what I'm going to quote to you here, or you can go read it yourself and check me on anything that I may get wrong or anything which you may view in a different light. So let's get right into this. Point number one, the topic, once again, here we are addressing the quote unquote racism of sports management hiring. And we're going to call the coaches part of management as well, which they pretty much are. Point number one, Brian Flores, he opens up his lawsuit, which he didn't write the document. His two lawyers wrote the document. Interesting thing about that is that the two lawyers that Brian Flores went on TV because he went on, he did his, uh, his media rounds when he launched this lawsuit and he got a whole parade of attention through the woke media when he put this out. An interesting thing in my perspective, and you can tell me what you think about this, is that Ryan Flores' lawsuit is all about how black people are not being hired fairly or given a fair shake or given the same opportunity as their white counterparts in management. Yet when Brian Flores files his lawsuit, his two lawyers were two white guys. Again, now look, if the game is you want to win the lawsuit, maybe he had to pick the best lawyers he could probably find. But doesn't that kind of counteract his very point? Now, I know the whole point is not about hiring black lawyers, but this whole thing is about hiring black people and giving black people the same chances. Yet when he had a chance to hire a lawyer to file this lawsuit claiming racism against the NFL, he chose two white people. Now, I am not woke. I'm not a person who plays the racial ideologies game. I'm not the person who plays that thing. If I'm looking for the best person who can help me do business, I don't care if you're a black, white, yellow, green, Lavender, it doesn't matter what color you are. I'm going to work with the person who can help me best play the game. But that's me. I'm not out here saying, hey, I'm not getting a fair shake because I'm black. Now, if you're out there saying you're not getting a fair shake because you're black and then you bring on some people to work with you and help you prove that point, you couldn't find some black people to do it. I think that is a legitimate question 
to be asking of this gentleman? And of course, nobody in the media asked that question. A bunch of people whose voices do not get amplified by the woke media did ask that question, but the question didn't get pushed too far. But I am asking it again and again, any of you who's listening to this, feel free to respond to this and answer to any of these questions for me because I'm going to pose several of them here in today and tomorrow's episode. So the first thing, he opens his lawsuit by outing the very guy who put him on. Now, to give you a little bit of background, Brian Flores came into the NFL through working through the New England Patriots organization, who are coached by one Bill Belichick, a guy who is highly regarded as one of the greatest football coaches of all times, won a lot of championships, coached a guy named Tom Brady. He's done pretty well. Brian Flores was on Belichick's staff. And Brian worked his way up until he was a, an assistant coach, got hired for the Miami Dolphins job three years ago, coached three years, and now he's a free agent coach because he just got fired. Now, how the suit opens up is by Brian Flores sharing and I'll give you quickly what happened here. There was a job opening for the New York Giants, New York football Giants, recently, just this offseason. So after Brian Flores got fired, the New York Giants actually wanted to interview Brian Flores because they were considering hiring him for the job. So this guy, then you can read between the lines here, but we're going to get into this in detail, is that Brian Flores is claiming that he's not getting a fair shake in no coaching hirings. But as soon as he got fired, a team was already looking interested in hiring him. However, here's the caveat. Bill Belichick sends a text message to Brian Flores and says, hey, I think you're their guy. Because Bill Belichick is an insider around the NFL. He knows pretty much everybody. Everybody knows him. And Bill Belichick would know stuff that everybody doesn't know because he's been in the game for so long. So he texts Brian Flores, the black guy who just got fired, and said, hey, I think you're the guy for the New York Giants. And Brian Flores texts Bill Belichick back and says, hey, are you texting the right Brian? Because the New York Giants had interviewed two people named Brian. There was one guy named Brian Dabble, D-A-B-O-L-L. He's a white guy who was up for the job. And they interviewed this other Brian, the black guy, Brian Flores. So Bill Belichick had accidentally texted the wrong Brian. Now, Bill Belichick is in his 70s. I would assume people in their 70s might make this mistake that they got two people named Brian saved in their phone. He texted the wrong Brian. So he meant to text the white guy, Brian, but instead he texted the black guy, Brian. So the white guy, Brian, is the guy that the New York Giants hired. Now, here's the real issue here. And this is why it got brought up in the lawsuit. This is the very first thing mentioned in the lawsuit, by the way, the paperwork, is that Brian Flores had an interview with the New York Giants after this text message got sent, which means the New York Giants already knew who they were going to hire, the white Brian, yet they still were interviewing the black Brian. So Brian Flores kind of felt a little bit cheapened and humiliated and embarrassed because he has to go to this job interview, even though he knows per the inside information he got from his mentor, Bill Belichick, that the New York Giants had already decided who they wanted to hire. Now, this is where I'll give Brian Flores a little bit of credit for being a little bit miffed at the situation is that, look, I would feel like shit too if I knew that the job that I'm about to go interview for already knows who they're going to hire. And now I'm basically, they're just basically checking the box by interviewing me. This is something that we're going to get to in a minute. Now, I would be kind of annoyed with that. I'd be pissed off with that. And I'd probably hold a grudge against whoever was responsible for that, like the New York Giants, maybe for the rest of my career based on that experience. However, I don't know if I will file a lawsuit and use this as my opening statement. And here's why. If we just put race to the side for a second, but we're going to pick it back up in a moment. Trust me. The reason that Brian Flores may not get another job in the NFL after this, and he even admitted this when he went and put this lawsuit out, is that he just backstabbed. Because again, to open his lawsuit, he shares this whole text exchange that he had with Bill Belichick and explains exactly what I just explained to you, that his 
interview was basically a dog and pony show. And he didn't have a real shot at getting hired for this job because the team already knew who they wanted to hire. So Brian Flores throws Bill Belichick under the bus, backstabs Bill Belichick and outs him as the guy who gave him the inside information accidentally in order to frame his entire lawsuit. His lawsuit is framed around this text message exchange. Bill Belichick is the guy who groomed Brian Flores for a head coaching job in the first place. So again, let's put race aside. Brian Flores backstabbed the very guy who put him on, one of the most powerful, one of the most known and most well-connected people in the coaching ranks, Bill Belichick. He's probably the most connected guy in the coaching world in the NFL right now. You backstabbed him to frame your lawsuit about the fact that you're not getting a fair shake when this guy, first of all, groomed you to get a job in the first place. And then you were up for a bunch of jobs after you just got fired. So you're going to backstab him and throw him under the bus just so you can put this lawsuit out there, knowing that you might not get another job. This is just bad business and bad politics. Whether he had put this out as a lawsuit, maybe what if he had just posted this on Instagram? Hey, everybody, Uncle Bill Belichick sent me. And then I had an interview with the Giants right after that. They knew they weren't going to hire me. This was a sham interview. What if he had just put it out on Instagram? This would still be bad business and poor politics, even if he hadn't done it in the form of a lawsuit. Let me ask you a question. What coach or general manager, meaning the people who make the hiring decisions, who would trust Brian Flores now, knowing that he would use anything so he could play his victim card? Now, he, that's what he just did. He used the Bill Belichick situation to play his victim card and frame his lawsuit. Now, would you hire him? Because now, you know, anything that you say or do around him, he's going to keep receipts and he might use that to frame you and make you look bad if he decides to use anything that happens adversely to him. He might use that against you, especially if you are not black. Then he could use it. He can play the race card because that's what he just did to file this lawsuit. This is just poor politics by Brian Flores. And this guy's not an old guy. This guy's like he's probably in his what late 30s, early 40s. So he had a long coaching career ahead of him. And he's going to throw all of this away just so he can play the victim and file this class action lawsuit, even if he gets the money, even if they go to court or they settle out of court. And the NFL gives them a whole bunch of money. All right. What are you going to do for the rest of your life? Right, now, you're not going to be a coach anymore. And with this class action lawsuit, a settlement might mean the NFL says, well, you can't ever work for us again, but we'll give you the money. We'll pay you off, but you can't come back and work here. What are you going to do for the rest of your life, Brian Flores? Why do this? Now, I understand that if he really, really believes that he's being treated unfairly as a black man in the coaching world, then it would make some sense. But there are some other factors that go into this that make it not make sense. And that leads to a ton of questions. And also, we know that there's a parallel to what Brian Flores is doing. This is what one Mr. Colin Kaepernick did six years ago. He took a knee, ended up suing the NFL. He takes a settlement at some point and he's not coming back to the NFL. His career is pretty much over now. Colin Kaepernick is a, I don't know what you would call him. I guess you could call him an activist. I think that's using the term very generously to call this man an activist because as soon as the heat came on, he got quiet. Activists actually take action and they tell people, hey, here's what we do next. Here's what we do next. He's not really doing that. He put out a documentary. He has maybe a hashtag and some t-shirts. He doesn't really speak for himself. I wouldn't call that being an activist. Is that what Brian Flores wants? I think he would have more power and a much bigger microphone, a much bigger megaphone if he was to stay in the NFL and just do his thing. If he wanted to talk about race, go ahead and talk about it. But why uh, martyr yourself like this? But anyway, let's continue. We're not even done. That was point number one. Point number two. Today's topic, once again, is we're talking about the racism and sports management hiring, the alleged racism. Point number two, Brian Flores, at the very beginning of his lawsuit as well, right after the Bill Belichick sharing, he quotes Martin Luther King, 
All right. So, you know, these people's story when they start quoting some race activists from back in the days to try to align themselves with these people. This is you already got an idea where this is going. So here's the quote from Martin Luther King, quote, morals cannot be legislated, but behavior can be regulated. The law cannot make an employer love me, but it can keep him from refusing to hire me because of the color of my skin. Close quote. Brian Flores, ladies and gentlemen, filed this lawsuit. Now, mind you, he has that Martin Luther King quote in his lawsuit. It's right at the beginning that you can't refuse to hire me because of the color of my skin. This is a guy who just got fired from a job that he had held down for three years. Being a head coach of an NFL team is one of the most exclusive jobs in sports. He just held that job down for three years. And as soon as he got fired, he got interviewed for four more job openings. Do you hear what I just said? This guy, as soon as he got fired, four teams called him and said, we want to interview you for our job opening. And this is a guy who put a quote in about teams, people or employers refusing to hire me because of the color of my skin. Dude, you just had a job and you got interviewed for four more as soon as you got fired. And now you're suing for discrimination and hiring. That doesn't quite add up. The optics of it just don't look good, right? Now, there are some other circumstances here that we haven't gotten to yet, but we will. But the optics of that just don't make sense, do they? You had a job, you were up for four more jobs, and you're suing for hiring discrimination. Now, let's look at some information. Let's look at some factual information here about the Miami Dolphins. The previous four, previous three coaches before Brian Flores. Via, you can find this information on Wikipedia or anywhere else. This is all factual information. Tony Sperano coached the Dolphins for four years. His record was 29 wins and 32 losses. All right, very close to about 50%, but a little bit under. The next coach after him was a guy named Joe Philbin. He coached the Dolphins for four years also. His record was 24 and 28. Again, very close to 50%, but a little bit under. The next coach after him was a guy named Adam Gase. He coached the Dolphins for three years. His record was 23 and 25. A little bit close to 500, but a little bit under. The next coach was Mr. Brian Flores. He coached the Dolphins for three years. His record was 24 wins and 25 losses. Again, close to 50%, but a little bit under. The last four Dolphins coaches all made it either three or four years. They all were a little bit under 500, and they all got fired after three or four seasons. What does this tell us? And oh, by the way, all those other guys were white guys. All those other three coaches, same record as Brian Flores, just a little bit under 50 percent. They made it three or four years and they got fired. That's the same thing that happened to Brian Flores. So for Brian Flores's argument in this suit that he wasn't given a fair shake as a coach does not hold water because the three guys before you all got the same amount of time, had a very similar record to yours, and they all got fired as a result of it. The Dolphins are a team that just cuts bait quickly. No pun intended. All those other guys, white guys. Now you tell me, those of you who don't know anything about the situation, how's that look and sound to you? All of these coaches were equally, in terms of their performance, equally mediocre. The team was mediocre. The record, I mean, your record is black and white. This is the thing about sports is that it's the ultimate meritocracy in that we can look at the scoreboard and we look at your win-loss record. There is no excuse. There's no storytelling. There's no narrative that can change it. Brian Flores's record was mediocrity. Adam Gase, mediocre. Joe Philbin, mediocre. Tony Sperano, mediocre. Doesn't mean that they are mediocre men or mediocre people. Maybe they're amazing coaches. They just didn't have the right talent. Who knows what the situation is? But we know how it works in sports. When a team doesn't perform, the coach is the first one whose head goes on the chopping block. 
then usually is the general manager. Then as other people may be in management or the coaching staff, the last people to get replaced are the players. This is usually how it works. And anybody who knows the sports world knows this to be true. Brian Flores and ain't nothing special about what happened in his situation. Let's move on to point number three. Today's topic, once again, is we are addressing the quote unquote racism of sports management hiring. This lawsuit that Brian Flores put out was filed on February 1st and is actually noted in the lawsuit, believe it or not. And this is how you know this is all theater. It was noted in the lawsuit that he was filing it on the first day of Black History Month. Yes, a black coach filed a lawsuit on February 1st, noted in his lawsuit that he's doing it on the first day of Black History Month to, I guess this is some symbolism that goes with it, with two white lawyers, right? So this suit notes that the NFL, this is what he says in his lawsuit. These are actual words from the suit. The NFL is run like a plantation with all white owners profiting from the labor of mostly black players. It says that in this man's lawsuit. Where do we begin with this one? <laughs> All right, where do we begin with this statement here? How about, let's begin with this. And here's a factual statement. The NFL, National Football League, has created more black millionaires than any job in the history of the United States of America. Actually, maybe any job in the world. There is no job in the world that has produced more black millionaires than the NFL. And now, if you're going to equate the NFL to a plantation because the owners are white people <laughs> and their workers, the players, are black. Well, first of all, I never heard of a slave getting paid. Now, if there's a movie or a documentary or a book about that that I didn't know about. Any of you who knows about it, you can let me know. You can forward me the link to that book. I will buy it and read it. I never heard about a slave who got paid, let alone a million dollars. The suit continues to say that it's, quote, race discrimination, close quote, that only a small percentage of coaches and assistants and GMs, coaches, assistant coaches, and general managers are black. They say only a small percentage of them are black. That is a factually true statement that is only a small percentage. But to call it race discrimination doesn't quite make sense when the players are 70% of the workforce in the NFL are black people. So this is what the lawsuit is saying. The lawsuit says 70% of the players are black. That's the workforce. Yet only a small percentage of the coaches and the general managers are black. So what these woke people and race hustlers are saying is since such a high percentage of the players are black in the NFL, that means an equally high percentage of the coaches and the general managers need to be black in the NFL. That doesn't quite add up to me. Here's why it doesn't add up. First of all, black people are about 13, 12, 13 percent of the population in the United States of America. And there's so much irony in these statements that these people make. And this is why I told you that this stuff is all religion. This is not about any type of logic or practicality is all religion to them. So the facts don't actually have to make sense to them because if the facts made sense to them, they wouldn't be saying the stupid shit that they're saying. But if 70% of the workforce in a job where the average salary is $860,000 a year, that is the average salary in the NFL, by the way, $860,000 a year. If 70% of the workforce are black people, but black people are only 12% of the population does that not mean anybody who wants any of you wokesters who want to balance things out, any race hustlers want to balance things out? If we're going to make the management staff reflect the playing staff, well, hold on. We, we are completely out of balance here. How all of a sudden now we got to make everything 70 percent black because the players are 70 percent black? Is anybody proposing that we lower the workforce in the NFL to we bring more white people in? so that it can be more balanced and more reflective of the actual American population? Do we need more Asians and more Latinos 
in the NFL so it can balance out what the actual American population looks like. Notice that people never mention this when they talk about these things. Whenever you hear someone talking about the NBA and the NFL and the coaching staffs and the racial makeup of the management, meaning the coaches and the general managers and the people who wear the suits, they say, well, if the players are this big number percentage, why aren't the management and the coaches this percentage? Well, hold on. Since when did we need 70% representation of black people in any particular area of a workforce in America? Oh, just the workforce that pays out millions and millions of dollars to the workforce. Oh, now we need to have 80% because that's what the players are. Well, but they don't have this type of math for any other area of life, just in the areas where black people are already overpopulating based on percentage of the American population. 70% of the workforce in the NFL making 860000 a year are black people. The average American worker in 2021 from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics earned $51,480. That was the average worker in the United States in 2021, $51,480, meaning a job in the NFL as one of the workforce working on this plantation called the NFL earns 17 times the average American worker's salary, $800,000 more than the average American worker. And this is dominated by black people. But this job is discriminating against black people. That's what this lawsuit is saying. And that's what people are in. Listen, when Brian Flores put this lawsuit out, every sports website, even non-sports websites, ESPN, of course, you know their story. They all put a megaphone on this and amplified it as loud as they could. And they all co-signed everything Brian Flores was saying, said the NFL has a problem. The NFL needs to fix it. The NFL needs change. The NFL needs to do this, needs to do that, needs to do that. And again, the NFL has made millionaires out of more black people than any job there is, more than ESPN, more than any other job there is. The NFL is making black millionaires who are making over $800,000 more than the average worker in America, even more than most of the people who work at ESPN, 17 times the average worker. But this organization is the one that everyone wants to focus on as being racially discriminatory. Does anyone notice how backwards this is? And by the way, since people are saying, well, there are people who heard everything I just said, completely dismissing and say, well, Dre, they still need to balance it out. There's no reason why there can't be more black people working in management and more in coaching and more in ownership. Well, let's talk about this point then. The players in aggregate earn more money than the coaches. Some head coaches make a lot of money, maybe more than most of the players, but assistant coaches in the NFL are usually in the low six figures. The player's average salary, I just told you, is 860000 that's more than most of the assistant coaches. And by the way, there are more assistant coaches than there are head coaches. There's only 30, whatever number of teams are in the NFL, 32 head coaching jobs in the NFL. There are 53 players on every roster with an average of 860,000. Do the math, folks. Why is this, there's such this big push for more people getting the lower paying jobs in the NFL when the players, that's the highest paying job there is, why they're dominating the high six-figure jobs. Why are we making such a push to push more black people into the lower paying jobs? There's no call for equity in the playing ranks, but we need equity in the coaching ranks. The actual lower paying job which practically does not even make sense. Why don't we just push to get more players in the league? That's where the money's at. Now, yes, you could say there's a longer career when you're in the coaching ranks, but the playing ranks, there's money. So this just doesn't make sense. It's a backwards argument that Again, this is why I told you many times here that this wokeness and race hustling is all based on religion. It is not based on logical 
argument not based on practical facts, because if that's what we were talking about, then I wouldn't need to be saying what I'm saying here today. Point number four. This will be the last one today, and then we'll pick up part two tomorrow. Number four, let's talk about head coaching. And we're talking, again, the topic today is addressing the quote-unquote racism of sports management hiring. Number four, talking head coaching. The NFL has this rule called the Rooney Rule. It was named after a NFL owner whose last name was Rooney. I forget his first name, but it doesn't even matter. The point of the rule was to force NFL teams, when they have a head coaching opening and a general manager opening, that they must interview a certain number of black candidates for jobs. Because the problem, it appears, years ago was that not enough black people were being offered jobs. Same thing people are saying now. 20, 30 years later, they still have the same problem. Not enough black people are being offered jobs. So this rule is, if the Miami Dolphins have an opening for a head coaching position, they must interview a certain number of minority candidates. So every team, whenever there's an opening, they must interview a certain number of minority candidates. Even if they know who they want to hire, they have to interview the minority candidates. And this is just how it goes. Now, I'm a person who has not gone to a job interview in a very long time, but I can understand how it can feel kind of shitty in many ways when, number one, you go for a job interview knowing that you're not going to get the job, but you go to it anyway because just with the outside chances you might get it, you don't want anyone to be able to say, well, hey, they didn't even apply. They didn't even come to an interview, so obviously we couldn't hire them. To give you an example, when I was a sophomore in college going into my junior year, the school announced that they were opening up the head coaching position, and they were taking it from, it had been a part-time job, making it a full-time job. And it was a whole new position. So our current coach had to actually interview for the job that he already had. And he could possibly be replaced. He did end up getting replaced. He knew he was going to be replaced. He told us ahead of time that he knew he wasn't going to get the job. He had some political issues with the academic staff on our campus. But he wasn't going to just lay down and not even try to get his job. So he actually had to go to a job interview for the job that he had already had. Didn't get hired, but he went to the job interview. And no, he knew he wasn't going to get hired and he did. So I know he probably felt kind of bitter having to go to a job interview for a job that he knew he wasn't going to get. And I bet Brian Flores felt like shit going to a job interview for the New York Giants when he already knew that the other Brian, the white Brian, was already the one who was going to get hired for the job. And he ended up getting hired for the job. So this Rooney rule. But again, let's be clear. The NFL made this rule ostensibly to help black people get more jobs. So if Brian Flores is mad at the NFL for him having to go through that quote unquote sham interview, who should he be mad at? I guess he got to be mad at his own woke supporters. Who they didn't even know they were supporters of him until he came out claiming racism. This is again, this is how this whole work thing works. You claim racism, all of a sudden you're their friend. But he should be mad at them. All right? They're the ones who push for this Rooney rule that they must interview black candidates for a job, even though they already know who they want to hire. This rule is well intentioned, but it is not well designed. When you know that you must be interviewed in order to, quote, check a box, close quote, that's pretty much what it is. You're getting interviewed because people say, well, you got to interview this number of black people, even though I already know I want to hire the white person. All right. You're basically a tool. You're basically a pawn in a bigger game. And you know that you're a pawn. Well, you're being interviewed to check a box. I would feel like shit, too. But the rule was made to force this to happen. So who can he be mad at for this? This can't be part of the lawsuit. Black candidates sometimes, and this is what Brian Flores says in his lawsuit, sometimes feel like tokens because this rule demands that there be a token candidate in the process. This rule was set up to create this exact thing that he's mad at. Human beings as a whole, everybody, do not respond well to calls on morals, mercy, or gratitude. People respond to incentives. 
And I'm sharing that with you to say this. If the New York Giants already knew as soon as they had a coaching opening that they want to hire White Brian, why force them to go interview two or three black guys because they are and then go hire White Brian anyway? Now the black guys are going to say, well, they already knew they wanted to hire White Brian. And the Giants could say they won't say this out loud. Politics demanded they don't. But they could say if they were keeping it real. They could say, well, you got damn right. We knew who we wanted to hire from the beginning. And it's our right to hire who we want because we are an independent business. We have a right to hire who we want. You can't force us to hire somebody that we don't want to hire. No business is forced to hire someone that they don't want to hire. And this is, it's very interesting to me how many wokesters and race hustlers, some of whom are listening to this show right now, when the COVID virus was hitting bigger, and maybe where you live is still hitting wherever you are and affecting you where you are. But if you would like to not be affected, come to Florida. We've pretty much been living normally for the last two years. But when the COVID virus came out as it did and businesses started doing things like telling employees that you must have the jab and we're not going to call it a vaccine because it doesn't actually vaccinate you from anything, but you must have the jab in order to keep your employment here and or you must have the jab to even come into our business or you got to wear a mask or all these other things that you have to do. You got to provide a negative test to come inside and all this shit. And people said, well, no, businesses shouldn't be able to do that. And then the wokesters said, hey, well. They're a private business. They're an independent business. They can do whatever they want. If you don't want to go by the business's rules, then you don't have to work there or you don't have to come into that business. LOL. And they said that with a little smirk on their face, right? Because now you, all of you who didn't want to follow protocol and be told how to live your life, now you get a penalty for it. These are the same folks who are now saying we got to force businesses and tell them who they have to hire. Again, do you note the irony in this? Do you note the, the clash of ideas here? Do you know how these two things that they're saying completely go against one another. But if you were to present this to one of these people, they would find a convenient way to ignore it or dismiss it or explain it away. Well, they couldn't explain it away because it wouldn't make any sense whatsoever. But do any of you notice these things? I'm just asking an open question. But with all this said, we're going to recap what I just said here today. And again, we're going into part two tomorrow because we're not done. The topic, once again, is addressing the alleged racism in sports management hiring. This is all about Brian Flores former NFL coach, who knows, he might get another job by the time you hear this, but he has predicted that he won't. But hey, maybe he will. He sues the NFL with racial discrimination and saying that he's not receiving a fair shake as a coach and that other blacks are not either. So he made this a class action suit so that other blacks can jump in on it and they can all feel like victims together and maybe get paid by the NFL to go away, which is what I predict is going to happen. But we won't find out exactly how much they got paid. But this is usually how this thing ends up going. And oh, yeah, we're going to talk, address the NFL in a minute, too, because they actually brought this on themselves. Point number one, Flores opens the suit by outing the guy who put him on. You don't throw the guy who put you on under the bus. This is just bad business, poor politics. Brian Flores basically snits on the guy to put him on. Also, he can play the race victim. Hopefully the Netflix deal that he is soon to get is worth it. Point number two, he quoted Martin Luther King as saying that the law cannot make an employer love me, but it can keep him from refusing to hire me because of the color of my skin. This is said by a guy who just got had a, had a job for three years. Got interviewed for four more jobs right after that. Makes no sense. The Miami Dolphins have a history and a very consistent history of releasing coaches after three or four years who have mediocre records. Ryan Flores' record is very similar to the previous three guys who coached right before him. They all got fired the same amount of time as he did. There is no discrimination here. He's basically went to a job that cuts you after three or four years if you're mediocre. He was mediocre. He got released. Point number three. The lawsuit was filed on the first day of Black History Month, as if that meant anything to a guy who showed up with two white lawyers. Again, he's playing a race card, not me, folks. And where do we begin with this 
point even that he says the NFL is run like a plantation because all the owners are white people profiting off the labor of the players. The players are millionaires. All right. So this is not slavery. And I really do not like people exploiting the concept and the idea of slavery to make points about people who are actually getting paid to do jobs. Right? This makes no sense. It's disrespectful to people who actually live through any real slavery, people who are really and it's disrespectful to people who are really out here struggling, really trying to make ends meet and really trying to pay their bills. You're talking about people who are arguing over hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, and they're claiming slavery just so they can get the attention of wokesters and race hustlers. I feel it's, it's disrespectful and very interesting coming from a guy, again, when he had a chance to hire whoever he wanted to file his lawsuit, he hired a couple of white people, but he's claiming racism and trying to draw parallels to slavery. Makes no sense whatsoever. 70% of the NFL is black. The average salary is $860,000. Average American worker earns $51,000 a year. That's a 17x increase in salary. And this is a guy claiming slavery. These, the players make more than the coaches. So why are we trying to get more people in the low jobs, the low paying jobs, coaching, when they can get into the high paying jobs, which is actually playing? Now, there is an argument that coaching lasts longer than playing. But again, you can get fired from coaching the same way you can get fired from playing. But nobody's making a call for equality in the playing ranks. They're not asking for more Latinos to eclipse the number of blacks in the league because that's the way it is in America. They're not asking for 60% of players to be white because that's the way it is in America. But there needs to be more balance, quote unquote, of management, even though 70% of the workforce is black when we're only 12% of the population. Nobody's arguing about that point. Point number four, let's talk about head coaching. The Rooney rule says that every team must interview a certain number of minority candidates every time they have a job opening, even if they know exactly who they want to hire. They don't say that, but I'm saying it. Even if they know who they want to hire and there's a white guy, they got to interview some black guys. And then the black guy feels like a token. They feel like they're being interviewed just to check a box and it's not a real interview. Well, you're damn right. That's the situation. But the NFL teams did not force that situation. They are just responding to the incentive, which says you must interview this number of black people. And the black people feel like tokens. Well, you are a token. Uh, the rule is designed to make you feel like a token. Now you feel like a token. Who are you mad at? You signed up for this. You asked to be part of this process. You asked that you get more interview opportunities. OK, you got it. Now you feel like a token. Well, that's exactly what the rule was designed to do. You can't be mad at the teams for doing it. You got to be mad at the league. But the league is the one that's supposed to be. Supposedly, they created this rule to help you out. But now you're mad at the rule. So there's a lot of questions here and a lot of a lot of things that just don't make sense, but this is what happens when you deal with race hustlers. Tomorrow, we're going to get into part two of this. Text me so you can get my daily motivation text free of charge straight to your phone every single day. My number 305-384-6894. And you're ready to go to the next level and stop bullshitting yourself. Stop making excuses, not feel like a victim, and actually take your game to the next step after what you get on this show while you keep listening, after what you get in my books while you keep reading. And join me at Work On Your Game University. That's at WorkOnYourGameUniversity.com where I have my Coaching programs, you can work with me directly in group or one-on-one. Again, it's at workonyourgameuniversity.com. Work on your game. Dre all day. I want you to send a text to this number, 305-384-6894. That is my direct text number. When you text me there, you'll be part of my texting community. And that means you're going to be receiving my daily motivation text, which I send out every single day to keep you sharp focused and mentally on point for the day in front of you. Send me a text at this number 305-384-6894. One more time. 305-384-6894. Get daily motivation.